Welcome to Ag Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, and Canadian Poultry Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. Hello, Ag folks. Welcome to the fourth episode in our Influential Women in Canadian Agriculture series. I'm Alex Bernard, Associate Editor for Top Crop Manager magazine. For this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Peggy Breckfeld, the current Vice President of the Ontario Federation of Agriculture. Peggy and her family also operate Woodstar Farms, a dairy farm near Thunder Bay, Ontario, but Peggy says that her work as an ag advocate is where she's really made her mark. A big thank you to Thora Cartledge, Agriculture Development Advisor with OMAFRA, or the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs, who nominated Peggy. Thora was kind enough to provide us with a short message on why Peggy deserved to be recognized. I'm Thora Cartledge, Agriculture Development Advisor with Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs. And I had the pleasure of nominating Peggy Breckfeld as an influential woman in Canadian agriculture. Here's why. Over the 25 years that Peggy has been a dairy farmer with her husband and family in the Thunder Bay area, she has achieved excellence in both their on-farm management practices as well as her agriculture advocacy work. She both encourages and represents good citizenship. Peggy has served as a role model and mentor for her own and the next generation of Canadian women who aspire to farming and agriculture careers. Congratulations, Peggy. My name is Peggy Breckfeld, and I'm Vice President of the Ontario Federation of Agriculture. Now, how did you get involved with the Ontario Federation of Agriculture? About 10 years ago, I was encouraged to get involved in a leadership program called the Advanced Ag Leadership Program. Somebody said to me, Peg, I think you'll be good at this. And I have to say, throughout my career, people and their encouragement has helped prod me and push me along the way and brought me to where I am. I did the leadership program and came out of it and they said, what are you going to do? And I said, first I'm going home, which I did. And then I started as the president of the Thunder Bay Federation of Agriculture and later became Northern Director. And about three years later, I ran in an at-large position, at-large director, and also the same year ran as vice president. It's taken a lot of steps. I've learned a lot about people and relationships and agriculture and politics, which kind of sums up what OFA really does. You wear a lot of hats right there. (laughs) Yeah, in some ways. Now, you also have a farm, Woodstar Farms. Could you tell me a little bit about that? We have a dairy farm in Thunder Bay, Ontario, so northern Ontario. We right now are milking around 70 cows in a compost bedding pack barn. We started 26 years ago, almost to the day, in a uh, small tie stall. And we have grown and become what we are now. I'm, I'm very proud of the farm that my husband and I and our family have and run. It's put a lot of care and interest into cow comfort and we're happy with the results. That's awesome. Yeah. Now you guys are first generation farmers. What made you decide to start a dairy farm? Well, 
I'll give you something to laugh about when yeah. I was <laughs> so I grew up in a farming background my parents were first in a partnership with my uncle and my grandfather and that didn't go so well and then my dad worked on a number of different farms we moved a bit and then we had a very large mixed farm including goats and rabbits and chickens and draft horses where we did sleigh rides I told my mother when I was 13 14 somewhere in there and I was never going to marry a farmer, a Dutchman, or someone from my church. And uh, I struck out. <laughs> um, thankfully, all the same guy. And uh, he's absolutely amazing. My husband's passion has always been agriculture. And it's, it's tough to get started. But we managed. We were lucky. Our start actually was helped because the farmer who had the farm held the mortgage for quite a while. And we were very poor and tight, and we actually paid land rent off $50 a month for a while, just because that was all we really could afford. But people encouraged us and helped us. I live in an amazing community that supports one another. And my husband and I have built slowly, and now I like to think we're able to share and, and help others the same way. It's always nice to be able to pay it forward. So... You do wear many hats, so this question, take this in any direction you'd like, but what do you like best about your role, your many roles? On the farm, I love the way of life. I love that we live in a really beautiful part of the country. I love the fresh air, and the physical work every day is very good for the soul. And I love watching my family and my husband thrive there. But I have to say, I probably thrive more in my role at OFA. What I love about my role at OFA is that I'm kind of the bridge and the relationship between farmers and politicians, government, and regulators. I think there's a necessity for that role. I think people don't always understand why farmers do the things they do, why certain policies may be difficult or may be inappropriate. I also think that we need to be able to speak their language as well. And I like to think that I'm that person. I love being at farming events and hearing the stories of farmers, both the good things and the challenges they're having. And I, I like the ability to go and convey those things to those who can make a difference in policy and government. I think you're very right that there needs to be someone who can speak both languages because a lot of politicians represent urban centers or a lot of the politicians who have larger constituencies represent the urban centers and they don't necessarily understand the importance of agriculture and the rural lifestyle in agriculture. That's right. Well, I also think we need to look broader and, and long term. When you look at land use policies, are we thinking about the fact that farmland is not a renewable resource and that we should preserve that and continue farming it? Once you change farmland into houses, it never goes back. The importance of keeping those long-term visions in mind, we grow food for the world. And to do that, we need a place, we need the right weather, we need the right conditions, both in policy and in growing environment. Now, is there a particular situation or issue that you've advocated on either to farmers or to the political side of things that you're particularly proud of or that had a significant impact? I've had lots of conversations on land use. 
I've had a number of conversations on, on the labor and the importance of farm labor, the importance that people on farms are professionals, whether they are picking fruit or whether they are working with animals. I think that we have to look at entire infrastructure and rural communities, we need healthy hubs. If we don't have healthy hubs, our farms have challenges. And so infrastructure such as good broadband in rural Ontario, in my case, good roads and bridges so we can get our inputs in and out and schools and churches, banks, all those things, they're part of the structure that makes our businesses, because we are farm businesses and drive rural economy, but that infrastructure we need just as well as the cities need subways. Mm -hmm. Through your work with the OFA, I imagine you've dealt with the different farmer organizations and commodity groups. Is it difficult to present a unified message? OFA's role is to kind of unite commodities on issues that are broader in scope. Things like the environment, things like those infrastructure asks that I mentioned before. Sometimes it's about livestock and animal welfare issues that are beyond one commodity. The commodities do a great job already in promoting their product, talking about why they do the things they do. We as OFA have a role in those larger big picture stories. Okay. I have a feeling you've already touched on this a little bit, but what keeps you excited about working in agriculture? (laughs) The relationships. Farmers have a special way of looking at the world and looking at life. I think they know life and death often in their businesses. They know that sometimes things are not in their control, the weather they cannot necessarily do much about. And yet they still adapt and change I often say we're optimists in action, even if we're not in words, because every year we say, I'm going to plant again. And we look forward to the rain to come and the sunshine. And we always think, well, next year will be a better year. Most of us, at least. And I think that there's something special about that. There are challenges in front of us. This COVID thing has certainly knocked and shook our world. And there are marketing challenges, etc., that really have affected our bottom line. There are farmers who seriously are worried, are they going to make it? But I think that we still need food. And I think that someone will plant a crop at the end of the year or at the beginning of the year. Um, I think people will still raise animals because they love what they do. Yeah, it's very impressive. and. Very brave to keep doing this year after year because there is no guarantee, but it needs to be done. Yeah, and and that is a message I think that we don't tell often enough is why is agricultural so vital to our world? Why are we so important? We sometimes are taken for granted that, oh, they will plant again. And yet we do need to make a profit. We do need to make a living in order to continue to run again We are farms and we love what we do, but we are still a business and we have to make a a living. Now, if you could go back to the beginning of your career, what advice would you give yourself? It's advice I think I would give to anyone. Don't be afraid. Never fear the fact that you are different than everyone else. I have sat in a lot of rooms where 
I may be one of two or three women. I have been in rooms where I've been the youngest participant. I've been in rooms in Toronto where I'm the only person that doesn't live in a condo or live downtown and really understands what farming is and has touched the soil in the last week. And I think it's okay to be different. And the reason it's okay to be different is because it brings a different perspective. You are going to challenge their thoughts on issues and bring a broader knowledge to them because you have something unique to offer. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for farmers attempting to communicate with consumers or folks from urban centers who might not have ever really been on a farm? The biggest challenge sometimes is that we, we go into lingo that they don't understand. To talk about an acre of land won't make any sense to them. We talk about farmland disappearing at a rate of 100 and I think 150 acres a day in Ontario. And that's a scary number, but most people can't get their heads wrapped around that. But if you talk about 70 football fields, they were at a high school once and know what a football field looks like. That much a day land moves from out of farming and becomes houses or some other purpose that they can wrap their heads around. Think about using terms that they would understand as well. Always bring it back to, and this is the food you eat. Whether if you're growing grain, it goes back to the bread that they had or cereal that they had for breakfast. Never be afraid to make it connect to them. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of your work has involved connecting people or making them see the connections between each other. I like to think so. I would say you succeeded. <laughs> now, is there a piece of advice you received early on that really stuck with you? Yeah, probably the best piece of advice was one speaker at ELP, the Advanced Ag Leadership Program, who said, every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. I love the quote because I found it very true. There are only 24 hours in the day. Every time you say yes to something, you have to let something else go. Anybody in leadership would tell you that there are things that they have had to let go in order to be what they are. For me, I used to be very active in the choir. I now sing in the shower more than I do <laughs> in public. And I, I understand that that's just part of the role in the place where I am at right now and yet that doesn't mean you regret it all the time it just it is a reality it will take something away from your farm business when you get involved in an organization like mine but I have the most amazing support system my husband and kids have encouraged me and helped me with this process and I couldn't do it without them and so yeah we, we've come through a lot of things. It's been good, but it, it does. You, you have to remember every time you say yes, you say no to something else. That's very good advice. And it is, it's a good reminder to, to focus on the things that are important to you so that you don't let them drop by the wayside. That's right. Now, let's talk about the future a little bit. How do you see the ag industry changing in the next five to 10 years? The labor issue I talked about earlier, I think there has to be a continued push on agriculture as a career and a great career for many, many, many people. 
I think that we don't often promote the fact that if you are enrolled in science, biology, or plant-related, if you are an environmentalist, there is a role for you in agriculture and farming in rural Ontario or rural Canada. If you are studying mental health, we desperately need mental health professionals in rural Canada. It is a place where there's just not enough resources. If you are looking at building and designing cities as a career, doing land use planning, etc., you need to consider what will the effect be if you build here and in this process. Where will your food come from? And is that the best use of, of the land if you put an agriculture lens to it? I think we have to continue to promote the jobs and the positions of agriculture. I also think that we're going to be more automated. The farther in the future we go, more and more technology is going to allow those manual jobs to be done by technology. And already the advancements that have been made are fascinating, even down to which pieces of lettuce are, are going to stay the best, the longest. We can do that with certain lighting and such. I'm fascinated by the technology that currently is available, and I think it's only going to grow. Mm -hmm. I was chatting with someone from Olds College who's working on their precision ag program, and she, she's mentioned some very interesting things. She also notes that using the technology and having it be usable for the average farmer is, it's going to be one of the challenges to be surmounted. Yeah, ensuring that data is usable and also repairable. Mm -hmm. One of the things that holds me back in Thunder Bay is if I want to buy a brand new tractor with all of the bells and whistles, there is no technician within eight hours of us that could fix it. And so I choose very carefully what, well, my husband and I choose very carefully what we purchase, keeping in mind we have to be able to fix it or repair it sometimes by ourselves. Mm -hmm. Where do you see yourself in five? <laughs> That's a, such an interview question. What do you hope for the future for yourself and your family? Well, I actually am planning again to run for president. Ooh. It's probably early to, to announce that, but I ran last year and I'm going to run again for president this year. So I hope to do that. But in five years, I may be done that already. And I actually just hope to continue to be involved and be an advocate for agriculture. That role, I can't imagine going away anytime soon. Awesome. I hope you can still be involved in agriculture and in advocacy because <laughs> we need people who can, who can speak both languages. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Peggy. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to Ag Annex Talks, the podcast hosted by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Ag Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts or visit eggannex.com to catch up on all of our other episodes.